Welcome to the Burn Podcast with host Ben Newman, the show where we break down the drive of the world's top performers in sports and business to uncover that underlying burn that pushes them to perform at the highest level. Today's episode is brought to you by the Financial Advisor Academy and the Unrequired Coaching Program. To learn more, head over to thefinancialadvisoracademy.com. Now, here is your host, Ben Newman. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman and couldn't be any more excited to have my friend Conzo Martin here with us. I am a huge believer in iron sharpens iron. And a handful of years ago, Coach Martin's first year at the University of Missouri, I had the opportunity to come down there and spend some time with the players. But more importantly, as I always share with Coach Martin, but he stays humble with this, I learned so much from him. And that's one of the philosophies that I have in life is having that opportunity to never stop learning, to always be growing. And one of the things that I've so much admired about Coach Martin's career is just that challenge and adversity has always been a part of him. Going all the way back, as some are going to remember watching this, they're going to be excited when I say this, LaFonzo Ellis, a couple state championships over in East St. Louis, then going to play at Purdue, mixing it up with Glenn Robinson, those unbelievable teams, the big dog, playing for Gene Cady, and then going in his professional career, and then now coaching and so many incredible things, but you know how we get down here on the burn. This is not about all of those accolades. It's about that burn. So I'm going to go right to it. I remember asking you on one of my visits before a game, and I used to always love, man, you love breaking that sweat before the games. And so before the game, I came up to you, I said, Coach, I said, what is the greatest life lesson that you ever learned? And, man, it came out. It was just bang. You said, that's easy. It was Granny Whittier. He said, my Granny Whittier used to say, it takes what it takes. If you're making chicken soup, it takes what it takes. If you're trying to make it to the NBA, it takes what it takes. So tell me a little bit about Granny Whittier and some of that fire and burn and people that have impacted your life. Well, obviously, she, she's, she's my grandmother on my, on my father's side in St. Louis. Uh, she was on Thrush Avenue for years. Uh, she passed away at 101 years old. Um, but she was, a, she was a strong lady, a tremendous work ethic. She had 14 children, uh, and most of them, if not all, were raised in Arkansas. They moved to St. Louis when they were younger, but just a tremendous work ethic. And, and her, you know, it takes what it takes. You know those type of sayings all the time nowadays, but just the commitment, the work ethic. She, she would make her own, you know, pastries. I mean, I mean, she could make a hot dog taste like a five-course meal. I mean, she was just, a, I mean, a great cook. But the, the one thing about her... Uh, her work ethic was strong. She made her own soul. I mean, she was a powerful, powerful woman and a beautiful lady. Uh, she raised her own dogs. She trained her own dogs. Now, they were so tough, you couldn't even go in the backyard. You know what I mean? That's the... <laughs> 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 I mean, she was tough, but but I, I would always, you know, we were young and probably until I got about, you know, 12 or 13 years old when I really got serious with baseball, I was always in St. Louis because my mom and dad, both sides of the family on the St. Louis side, my mom just moved to the east side. And uh, so we would always be over her house every other weekend throughout the summers. And she was a very, very spiritual woman. And that's why I really learned. That's where you got the base from. And again, 
it was painful from the standpoint she would she would read prayer to us and oh granny why we got you know it was just like it was boring at the time but those lessons through a course of time you, you remember those valuable lessons when you were a kid and just I mean, she holds a dear place in my heart she was such a powerful woman yeah, it, I, I love hearing you just speak of her, and you can just you can hear that passion. There's that smile again every time you you think about her. I think it's so unique. You know, you've carried that with you your whole life, your whole career, and you know now being the head basketball coach at the University of Missouri. And I know one of the things you just mentioned faith. You mentioned that from your grandmother, and I know there have been so many incredible people in your life, but you're a very faithful man. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that you overcame cancer. Yes. And, and it, it, was not, it was not an easy cancer. It was a tough fight for you. And so how important has faith been? And, and even though this is going to air probably a few weeks after, I watched Passion of the Christ yesterday on Easter Sunday. And, and sometimes I think, because one of the things I love about you is you give it to people real, you don't hold back. And sometimes I think people they forget the sacrifice that was made for us to even be able to be on this Zoom. Yes. And sometimes we allow things to just become too big as opposed to remaining faithful and understanding the sacrifice that has given us our opportunity. So speak to faith in that fight that you've always had. Well, I think it starts with, with, with uh, being practical, but also just being strong and, and uh, to be straightforward. Uh, now, there's always time to joke and have fun, but there's an element of sincerity in, in, in life itself. And just, I'll never forget when I was when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was playing professional basketball in Italy. And in long story short, I went from 215 pounds to 185 pounds in a matter of four and a half months. And I got back to the States, my wife and I, my son Josh was four months old at the time. We lived in Indianapolis, Indiana went to the doctor's office and uh, I'll never forget the doctor's face, but I can't remember his name, but I'll never forget because he was the, the emergency doctor. And it might've been over the course of years of time. It's, it's, I know it was between one thirty-three in the morning and uh, outside of all the tests and x-rays and blood work he did that morning. I remember him saying, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know if you're going to die, but this is exact words. This is life threatening. And uh, I kind of glanced over to my wife briefly and I was 26 she was 24 at the time and again Josh four months old so I just looked over it and I didn't want to stare too long because I, I would have got very emotional not there's not that there's anything wrong with that then after that it was just uh Dr. Andy Greenspan who was my oncology doctor and did a tremendous job and he just said we have to treat because of the stages are so late we have to treat you like a leukemia patient and it was more an experiment if you will and obviously, I'm here, you know, 20 plus years later. And, uh, you know, just going through that chemotherapy, it was, it was a powerful, powerful thing to go through. And it just, it was really God, in my opinion, simply God, because you, you, when you go to an oncology office and you're getting your treatments, you're in there, it starts out maybe 20 plus people. Then it goes from 18. Then it goes from 15. Then somebody else new might come in. Then it's down to 13. And, and I say those numbers because it's not as if everybody went home healthy. Some didn't make it. And that, that was all ages. Uh, so that part was tough. You're sitting there, you're getting treatment. You got IVs throughout your body. Uh, you have tubes and you had the tube that I had to carry, you know, for, for restroom purpose because fluid had to go through my body. And it was just, uh, you go from being an athlete, having fun and playing at 26 years old and just say, this is tough. And, and, it, and I simply prayed to God at one point. I just said, God, 
if it's your will, allow me to see Joshua, who's my son, turn 18 years old. If it's your will, then after that, whatever happens, happens. And I'll say, I don't say that as a tough guy. I just said it because I, I felt like, God, you gave him to me. You know, he's only four months old. Didn't allow me to see him at least turn 18 because all the this, this, the numbers you see in society where, where you don't have uh, father figs in households. But so allow me to see him turn 18. And now he's 22. He'll be 23 in August. He's about to graduate from Purdue University, uh, and he's doing very well. So, and, and it was just going through that. So after that, you know, you, I had an opportunity to get into college coaching. Then I think like in two, I would say like 2012, 2012, because I, I believed in God. I was intro, really, my grandmother does introduction. They not prayed growing up. You prayed the prayer. Now you lay me down to sleep. You always prayed that prayer. I didn't really understand it. And then, you know, when I got to college, the two people that really, transition me into that world was my mother-in-law. Uh, she did a great job with that. And also the guy that owned the apartment complex that I lived in, Joe Lever says he's no longer here. He passed away about eight to 10 years ago, but he was a guy, all he said one day, it was my, my junior year. I think he said, uh, would you like to go to church with me one day? And that was it. And we built a great relationship from that point on. And, and um, I went to church and, you know, sometimes when you go to church for the first time, people always say this, it felt like, the pastor was talking to me directly mm. and I just changed my life. And from there it changed. But I think in two, and that was when I was in college. So that was 95, you know, 94, 95, but in 2012 or 13, somewhere around there, I was reading a book called the lion chase and I forgot who the author was. And it simply talked about, you know, when I was praying growing up and, and a lot of people around me, you pray those prayers. I, I like to be able to get my bills paid. I like to have food on the table. You always prayed that prayer. Like, like, always in a defense mode and, and as if you, you're begging. I don't, I don't want, I want to be respectful to other people. It was always that type of prayer. Now to finish reading that book, I just said, God, give me that tough assignment. Uh, give me that, whatever that toughest assignment. I want to be the lion chase instead of running from the lion all the time. So, and with that being said, I also said, I said, God, now if you give me that assignment and, and if I fall down, give me enough strength to get back up. Give me enough strength because they always say he won't give you more than what you can bear. So that's understood. But then I said, God, if, if it's your will that I never get back up, then provide for the family that you gave me because you gave me that wife and those children. And at that time, I had two sons and my daughter. So she, and she might have been two or three years old, maybe four, about three years old. I said, so. If I'm never able to get back up, give me enough strength or give them enough strength to provide and move forward. And that was it. So now for me, I, I live life with a peace of mind. And even though you might see me on the, on the floor, people say, hey, look, mean. I'm, I'm not a mean guy at all, but just I'm so intense because, again, I think a lot of that goes back to my grandmother, back to my mother. That was just a work ethic. When it's a time to laugh and joke, I'm one of the funniest guys we entertain. You know that. But when it's business time, is straightforward, direct to the point, because that's the way you have to do it. And I think that's what life has taught me, the work ethic, the discipline, the focus, the accountability to be trustworthy, to tell the truth. And I think we struggle in life with the truth at all ages. That is the hardest thing for us to do, to be able to tell the truth. And those are the things I try to live like, because if it's God's will, then it shall be done. Yeah, it's, you know, hearing you say all of those things, discipline and commitment, and most importantly, telling the truth, you know, that, that's sometimes the toughest part in coaching is once we understand somebody's heart, once we understand how they think, 
it's letting them know like, hey, I'm coming from a place of love. I'm coming from a place of care. So when I challenge you, yes. you know, understand where I'm coming from. Sometimes that truth, that's where, you know, the, the, the conflict comes in. Yet one of the things that I just, I admired about, uh, you know, really watching you, whether it be in the locker room, be it a walkthrough. And, and, and I shared this with you the other day when we were chatting, is that sometimes I get a little too long-winded. And, and, <laughs> and you know that. And so one of the things that I learned from you was sometimes the short, powerful message is way more important, said the right way and truthful and to the point that hits the heart. And I saw you do that numerous, numerous times. So help me better understand your philosophy on motivation and sometimes less is more. Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, guys understand as players when, when something is cheesy. I, I remember as I, I remember speeches when I was a youth all the way up and, I, I, and the ones that were most powerful, I think the ones that tro- told the truth and hit me in the heart. Every now and there's a time for rah-rah. Uh, but I think the great players, and when I say great, I'm talking about guys that are locked in, not necessarily talent, but the guys that are locked in and focused, hit me right between the eyes, the power, the consistency, so I have a foundation, because what happens is, when, when you have so many rah-rah messages, now all of a sudden the guys don't know when is a big game, because they're on a roller coaster. Man, if you sound and precise in what you're doing, we know what it is. Hit me with the message, let's move forward. So I've always been a guy, then what happens is, I always say, God, speak through me. And I, I never I never pray about, God, can we win this game? I never pray those prayers. I always pray that, that both teams are healthy. Both, uh, you, you want the best game. You don't want any, any player injured. That uh, it's, it's a great environment, meaning everybody's healthy, no violence, so all those things, and then allow your will to be done. But when I speak, you see me, we get in huddles. What happens, I say, God, what is it that needs to be said at this moment? And sometimes just breathe and, and allow his will to to transcend throughout the room. Yeah, and I, I love that. And uh, I'm not going to get into the specific message in fairness to you and in also fairness to me because it, it worked against Kentucky and it worked for the Kansas State Wildcats against Oklahoma. So that's going to stay between you and I. But, uh, I mean, it was one of the most powerful messages. And it's one of those things, you know, I, I'm not a person who just says things to say. And when I say iron sharpens iron, I learned so much. I mean, Thank you. mental notes, physical notes. And, and, and it was amazing that day versus Kentucky. And then for me to share those words and to share with you, like that to me, that's what coaching is all about, is how can we impact as many people as yeah. we possibly can. And so I know that for you, your players mean a great deal to you. And, and, and I told you that I was going to have some fun here to wrap up this, this interview. I will never forget my first opportunity ever meeting you. So I went down, players are shooting around, you had your hands in something else, and then all of a sudden, Marco, who you've been running with since high school, Marco brings me up to you, and we sit down in the boardroom, and I, I will never forget the Tuckers were there with me, the Tucker family from my days at North Dakota State, which is how we got connected. I mean, you talk about life and family and relationship. And we're sitting there. And, man, I was a little bit intimidated because he gave me those eyes that he has, like, on the sideline during the game when he's got the towel and everything. And he looks and he says, Coach Bart looks at me. That's where he says, so if a player comes up to you and says this, this, and this, this, what are you going to do? <laughs> 
And then I, I, gave, I gave a response. I'm like, all right, I thought that was a pretty good response. He's like, all right. Now he says this, this, and this. What are you going to do? And then this, this, and this. And you went like four times, <laughs> four times in a row. And you just totally went at me. And I remember when I got up from that table, it was like you kind of gave me a look. And then I knew when you invited me back, I guess I passed that. <laughs> I guess I passed the test. But I was so impressed because, you know, a lot of times you meet somebody and say, oh, I heard you spoke or you did this. Yeah, come on, you know, come and speak to my guys. Yet what that taught me was it's so important because when you, when you bring somebody into your program, you have a responsibility. Exactly. Any, any message for that young, young man to go to class, for them to learn about nutrition, for them to – so speak to why, because I know I'm not the only person you've done that with – Speak to the importance of making sure that you protect these individuals, these young men to be the best that they can be. Because I know for you it goes beyond the game of basketball. Well, what happens is a couple of things. Because uh, we always talk about character. And uh, if, when, when, when you allow someone into your home, so, so our locker room, our players, because they've transitioned, their parents passed the baton to me and our staff to do the best job. So finish the job with my son. There'll be bumpy roads in the way because what happens, they come, there's, there's a life of comfort before they get to us because they're the best of the best. Our job is to get them uncomfortable so they can live a life of comfort again for the next 50, 60 years. So it's, all, it's going through something. So now when we present people to speak to our guys, I mean, there, there are a lot of people that want to come in and speak. But we present people to speak to our guys. I have to understand where you're coming from. Uh, and then, you know, asking you different questions, but you already validated because, again, you were one of my child was with one of my childhood friends, so that gave you validation through the door. So back when we formed, you call it the VIP treatment, so you got it in. But I still have to go through my process to vet, okay, let me see what he's made of, and it, all the boxes checked. Because what happens is your character is most important, and this is what I talk to our players about all the time. I'll kind of read this to you, and it's very important. Your character is manifested when your values, your principles, your morals, and your standards are tested. Again, your character is manifested when your values, your principles, your morals, and your standards are tested. And your tests are basically the temptations and the opportunities that present themselves. Your character will be tested under tremendous pressure. But in most cases, you don't believe what you believe until it is truly tested. So think about it. You know, people say, I have character. I have integrity. Well, do you? You will find out you have both when it's tested. And I think that is the most important thing. So now I say to our players and I say to parents that have children, one of the things that you want to do in all cases, you want the umbrella. So when kids are at home, when it's raining, it's storming, it's tough weather. Well, what happens is parents need to allow their children to go through tough times under their parents' umbrella at home. Whatever they got with the coach, if it's going or tough times with the high school coach, whatever it is, I'm not talking about violence, but coach treating them tough, they got to earn it. Let them go through it at home. Let them go through it. Because the last thing you want to do as a parent is allow your child to go through tough times and they're not under your umbrella. I think that is a hard thing to deal with for parents. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the truth that you bring in everything that you do. And uh, sometimes, and it's another one of the things that I just respected so much, is sometimes that truth comes out in the form of challenge, yes. to where people say, man, like, are we good? 
And then other times it comes out that truth comes out in love, but you lead with the truth. And uh, I just, I, I respect so much how you go about doing what you do, your passion for the players, your love for your life, the fight that you have. And uh, I appreciate our relationship and uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to learn from you because I, I have learned so much and I know it's just, it's just the beginning. You, you always laugh because that's that humbleness coming out of you. But, uh, man, it's just uh, it, it's incredible. And uh, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on the burn with us. No, thank you for having me, Ben. I think you're doing a tremendous job because you're sending the message throughout the world. We need it. God bless you, Coach. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Burn Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get notifications as new episodes release every week. To connect with Ben, follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Continued Fight. Until next time, keep attacking one day at a time.